0: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Germantown Presbyterian Church. One and all, welcome on this day of worship. It is a delight to welcome everybody here to the service of worship in our activity center, but in the house of God, and a, a warm welcome to all of you who are present here this morning. A warm welcome to everyone who's worshiping with us online as well. If you're coming to us via our Facebook page or if you're coming to us via the church website, We're delighted that you are worshiping God with us this morning, wherever you may be. And a reminder that you can download today's bulletin uh, there on our website. You can download a copy of that. You can follow along. You can do uh, everything we're doing in here, and you can do that at home, and you can uh, be part of this worship service. We're all united by the Holy Spirit of God, even if we are in different locations. So thank you and a warm welcome to everybody who is worshiping with us this morning. Uh, Welcome to Ting Ting Yao, who is uh, playing the piano this morning while Alex is on vacation. We're so glad to see you, Ting Ting, and um, welcome to you and thank you for for edifying our worship service with your uh, um, playing this morning. Also, welcome to a new musician in our midst, Desiree Soto, who is our soloist this morning, one of them, and a warm welcome to you. She is a doctoral student at the University of Memphis and will be with us for the next uh, year or so. And uh, just delighted that you're joining our musical ranks and bringing your gifts and your skills to to GPC. Thank you so much, Desiree. Please do sign the online friendship pad. If you are worshiping with us at home, you can find that on the church website. Click on that tab, uh, sign your name, especially if you're a visitor and you'd like to know more about GPC, then sign your name and put your contact information down. And we'd be delighted to contact you and tell you more about who we are as a family of faith. Don't forget to come back this evening at 6 p.m. in here. You can join us uh, in person at 6 p.m. for our evening worship service, our blended worship service. Or you can come uh, and join it again online, live stream at 6 p.m. And please do be present in one way or another for our blended worship service this evening at 6 p.m. Friends, it's Memorial Day weekend, and Memorial Day tomorrow is not lost on any of us. It is a time in our country where we recognize and remember all those who have lost their lives in service to this country. And so we do so here also at GPC. We uh, remember those people fondly from not just uh, the church's past, but the community, but indeed our whole country. And we also say a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving uh, on behalf of all those who have lost their lives in service to this country, and we remember them on this Memorial Day weekend. Next weekend, we'll have our second outdoor concert. Uh, We will do that at 6 p.m. in this uh, Arthur Road parking lot out to your right as you came in through the uh, Activity Center lobby, that Arthur Road parking lot, uh, 6 o'clock next Saturday on June the 5th, and that will be uh, a, a returning group, Chuck Utterback and the Ramblers that sort of mix of uh, bluegrass uh, music and uh, there's some comedy that comes in there as well and a wonderful performing group and they are always, uh, they're, they're always a hit when they come and when they perform for us at GPC. So that's next Saturday, 6 p.m. in the parking lot. Thank you to Chuck Utterback and the Ramblers and uh, Gerald and our Congregational Life Committee and all those who are helping to put that on. It will be a, another wonderful event. VBS is coming up uh, a week from tomorrow it starts, and usually that means the whole church area is completely transformed, and there's so many wonderful things going on with lots of activity. It'll be so much fun, so say a prayer for all of our VBS leaders, uh, all of our uh, participants in that, and uh, there's a few more supplies that are needed, uh, a telescope and a microscope. So if you happen to have a microscope, there may be some doctors among us. There are maybe some uh, astronomers among us, I have no idea, a telescope or a microscope. That would be great. You can talk to Anna about that, bring that up here this week. If you have one of those that you can just loan to us, and it will be in good shape and well taken care of, both of those, of course. And then friends, just a reminder about our COVID recovery efforts, and you'll uh, maybe you heard me announce this last week, we'll say it again, where we are excited to start next week, June the 6th following the CDC and uh, Shelby, County Health, Shelby County Health Department guidelines, and we will take off our masks, and we will not social distance if we've been vaccinated. If you've been vaccinated, the expectation, of course, is that if you've been vaccinated, then you don't need to social distance, and you don't need to wear a mask. And will there be a bouncer at the door checking vaccination cards? No, there will not be, and nobody's going to ask you. to. We're going on the honor system here, but... We will uh, look forward to that when we can continue to emerge from our COVID uh, restrictions. And that will apply for worship services and for meetings and for uh, all kinds of other events um, that if you've been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask and you don't need to social distance. And I know there'll be lots of questions from some people, people who need to wear a mask for either their own health or someone in their family. For their work, they're still required to wear a mask. Sometimes people need to do that wherever they go. So, if you need to wear a mask and want to, no questions asked, wear a mask by all means. Um, but if you've been vaccinated, then you won't be expected to or to sit quite so far apart from everybody else. So that starts next Sunday. And then, if you have a question about what the new guidelines mean for you or for your group, then uh, I think I, I said this last week. The likely answer off the top of my head will be. I don't know, but let's talk about it and see how we can kind of work through the guidelines and what's right for you and your group. So thank you, and we look forward to uh, to that starting next Sunday on June the 6th. And then we are hopeful, we are optimistically hopeful that we have about another month's worth of work to do on our sanctuary before we move back into our sanctuary. The doors are open this morning. You can go in and you can see the carpet that's been laid down. There's still a little bit more carpeting to do. There's still a little bit more painting to do and then baseboards, and then, of course, all those pews that are in the back of this room have to be uh, cut, refit, and bolted back down to the ground. So that's pretty labor-intensive, and that will happen in the month of June. So we are hopefully optimistic that by the 4th of July on that Sunday, we'll be back in the sanctuary. Um, in the meantime, we'll be in here, and in the meantime, for throughout the summer, we'll still maintain the worship schedule of worship at 930 And then uh, Sunday schools will happen, some at 10.45, some at 11. And that's just going to continue through the summer to try to figure out how to change that. And all those schedules and all the different routines and people it involves would be problematic. So we will cruise through the summer with 9.30 worship Sunday school after that. And then August the 15th, we will be back to normal 8.30 and 11. And Sunday school in between, 6 p.m. worship and our wonderful schedule as we start that fall program year. So please ask me if you have any questions, anything you need to know. We'd be delighted to help and to, uh, to answer any questions that you may have. Friends, those are all of our announcements. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Friends, the New Testament reminds us that if we worship God, we worship in spirit and in truth. And so we come together in truth, united by the spirit of God, one in heart and mind in order to worship God on this Lord's day. So please join me in our call to worship. Please rise as we have this responsive reading together. Blessed be God, eternal majesty, living word, abiding spirit. Jesus said the way to see God's dream for the world is to be born from above by the Spirit. The way to take part in that dream, says Jesus, is to be born of water and Spirit. The gift is available on this day. May you receive God's Spirit, be made whole, and dwell more deeply in love divine. Christian friends, the God whom we worship knows us well. And if we say we have no sin, then we deceive only ourselves and the truth is not in us. And yet if we are honest and open before Almighty God, God is quick to forgive us. Together, let us pray our prayer of confession. Holy God, we know that you are always there to lead us, yet we somehow lose our way and fall back into fear. We confess that we have stumbled. And we recognize our need for You to lift us up and help us start again. Forgive us our failings, restore us to strength, and reconcile us with You, ourselves, and each other through the power of Christ and the gift of Your Spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Friends, we are so grateful that God is merciful and that God is just. We read that as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. God loves us deeply in Christ and through the cross of Christ, we are reconciled to God. We are forgiven. Amen. Amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. you. If we have any children here this morning I invite them to come up front with Miss Anna and if uh, we don't then she'll come up anyway and enlighten us about something in children's ministry and please do at this time greet your greet your neighbors and greet your friends and give them the peace of Christ. We do we have Risto. Hey Risto
1: good morning. Well, it is an important weekend. It's a holiday weekend, and it's Memorial Day weekend, so I brought my flag so that we can remember what we um, stopped to think about this weekend and on Monday, and we stop on Memorial, Memorial Day to remember the men and women who died in wars to help our country and to defend the cause of freedom. So you want to hold, hold the flag? We have so many freedoms in our country. We get to come and worship God, how we choose every week. We um, get to choose what we want to grow up to be. When we grow up, we have lots of freedoms that we have in our daily life. And those are because men and women defended our country so we can have the freedoms that we enjoy. So it's a special holiday weekend But the greatest freedom that we have is our freedom because of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus died to set us free from sin. And then instead of death, we have been given eternal life. And this freedom was not free. Jesus paid the final price for us. So on Memorial Day, let us remember to stop and thank God for the courageous people who have fought for our freedom. And let us also remember to thank God for Jesus who has set us free from death and he um, was willing to pay the price for us so that we can have eternal life. It's a big, a big memory this weekend. Will you bow your head and will you say prayer with me? I'll say the prayer today. How about that? Okay, let us pray. Dear Father, thank you for the freedom that we enjoy We are so thankful for those who paid the price for freedom, but even more important, we thank you for the freedom we have because Jesus was willing to pay the penalty for our sin and give us eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: As we open our hearts to God, would you join me in a word of prayer? Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place right now. And with all those who have gone before us and those who are here with us, we invite you to come and speak to us. For we, your servants, are listening. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Our first passage comes to us from the book of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, starting with the first verse. So hear these words. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. And each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. And with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me. I'm lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And the seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is our first reading.
3: Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, the leader of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you don't know where it comes from, or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe... How can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. As we worship today, we celebrate one of the most infinite mysteries of faith, the Trinity. It's a day when we praise the one eternal, incomprehensible God. We celebrate the culmination of God's self-revelation to us in three events, the Christmas epiphany of God incarnate dwelling among us in Jesus Christ, the Easter celebration of death and resurrection of Christ our Savior, and last week, Pentecost, in which God's Holy Spirit becomes our guide and sanctifier. Three in one, one in three. Blessed Trinity. Our minds cannot fully comprehend, and our words and our songs and our images can never fully explain the mystery of God in this way. Yet we speak of God as triune because this is the way the Holy One comes to us. In this story of Jesus and the Pharisee Nicodemus, Jesus articulates the love and relationship of God, the Son of Man, and Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity. Nicodemus goes to see Jesus in the night to test what he himself knows about Jesus, about who Jesus is and what that means in this relationship to God. As a religious leader and teacher of the law of Moses, Nicodemus was a person of some public standing. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. And he goes to see Jesus at night, under the cover of dark. At the time of the setting of this text, the Jewish community was divided about whether to follow Jesus, and the Pharisees were often opposed to Jesus' teaching and behavior. So perhaps not willing to be seen by others, Nicodemus goes to Jesus in the night. Perhaps he was afraid of the opinions of his peers if he appeared curious about Jesus. Or perhaps he went at night, because it is in the dark, the times when things are quiet and we are alone with our thoughts and our feelings, that we're most able to hear God and are stirred to reach out. Perhaps Nicodemus was trying to make up his mind about Jesus, a man wrestling with his faith, a cautious, curious seeker. What is it you think you know, Nicodemus? The text doesn't tell us, but Nicodemus opens the conversation with a statement about what we know. He opens with, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. Notice he says we, and speaks as if if he is a representative of the religious leaders. He continues that, They know he is a teacher from God because they see the signs he has performed, healings and turning water into wine in just the prior chapter. Immediately preceding our text in John 2, we learn that because of Jesus' signs, many believed in him. But Jesus did not entrust himself to them. Jesus was looking for deeper evidence of commitment. So he emphatically responds to Nicodemus, Amen, Amen, Lego. Amen, Amen, I tell you. Amen, being Greek for truly. So truly, truly, I tell you, or as our text translates it, very truly, I tell you. Jesus tells him that he cannot know or see the kingdom of God without being born from above. It's not about signs. He begins to undo Nicodemus's certainty about what he knows. But Nicodemus doesn't understand. The Greek word for born from above, anothen, may also be translated again or anew or born from above. Nicodemus takes a literal or plain meaning of the word as born again. But Jesus is using symbolic, spiritual language of born from above. Jesus urges again, amen, amen. Truly, truly, I say, one cannot enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. The source of birth from on high is the spirit. Several commentators note that at this point in the passage, this really isn't a dialogue anymore between Jesus and Nicodemus. The two are just really talking past each other. Jesus using symbolic spiritual language and Nicodemus using literal plain meaning. And Jesus becomes exasperated. The best thing Jesus can do is bear witness to what he knows. Again, using the Double amen formula, truly, truly, what we know, we speak, and you do not receive. Jesus seems to be saying, how will you ever come to know the mystery of God? And at this point, Jesus is no longer speaking just to Nicodemus, but to a collective you, or as we say here in the South, y'all, in plural form. In verse 12, If I have told you, y'all, about earthly things and y'all do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Nicodemus should have understood. As a religious leader and a teacher of the Torah, he should have understood about heavenly things. And Jesus points him back to the Torah and reminds him of the story of the plague of venomous serpents that were biting the Israelites in the wilderness. that's described back in the book of Numbers. To save the people from the venomous snake bites, Moses places a bronze serpent on a pole and lifts it up. And when the people looked upon it, they would be saved. Just as Christ would be lifted up on a cross and he would become a source of healing And salvation. Not salvation for the moment, but for life eternal. In this sense, eternal is not speaking of immortality or a future heavenly life, but as a time without boundaries or interruption, an unending presence of God, even now. Eternal life, then, now, and always. Jesus begins to describe the sense of the Trinity. God is the one who loves the whole world, the cosmos, and gives the Son to keep it from perishing. The Son of humanity must be lifted up for the sake of salvation. God sends Jesus to save the world, to rescue, heal, and make the world whole. Jesus connects heaven and earth. In the moment that we entrust our lives to Jesus, we enter into God's realm in the here and now. To understand this, it must be known through flesh and spirit, not just an intellectual ascent. It's a form of knowing that Nicodemus has not yet grasped. Only through the awakening of belief through the Spirit can this be known. We know by faith through the Spirit as gift from God. Unless Nicodemus allows God to change his whole way of being in the world, he's not able to perceive God at work. So is Nicodemus changed by this encounter in the night? We find nothing here. But looking a little further ahead into chapter 7, we find Nicodemus publicly arguing for Jesus against the religious authorities who want to arrest him. Nicodemus is no longer in the dark. And later, in chapter 19, we find Nicodemus identifying with Christ in his death as he brings lavish spices with Joseph of Arimathea to embalm Jesus' dead body. It seems Nicodemus may have become a disciple of Christ. Perhaps this text was his night of wrestling on his faith journey. As part of my pastoral studies here at GPC, I had the opportunity to participate in the elder and deacon training, and as part of that, the new leaders share their faith statements. I had the chance to listen to them and read some of them, And as I heard and I read the journeys and reflected on the story of Nicodemus, I was struck by the poignancy of these experiences. Like Nicodemus, many of our members have had experiences of the Holy, of the Spirit, sometimes literally in the dark at night, and sometimes figuratively in the dark in those times in life when they were facing illness or death or some community challenge. I read and heard about people's struggles to change how they lived, how they behaved, how they felt, and how they moved in the world once they were conscious of a spiritual awareness. Sometimes an awareness of the spirit brought calm, sometimes confusion, sometimes challenge. Most often, their stories included some kind of teacher or mentor. As I reflected on the stories of our GPC leaders, I could not help but see the parallels with the text for today. The revelation of the mystery of the Trinity in our presence, in the faces of our leaders. We are people of knowing and of doubt. We are people of deep seeking and also sometimes held back by what we think others might think of us and our questions. We struggle, like Nicodemus, with our language and we misunderstand God's voice. We try to fit our understanding instead, fit God into our understanding instead of letting the Spirit shape us anew from above. We sometimes are cautious seekers. Yet, like Nicodemus, we keep going. There are more chapters. We stay in relationship as a community of faith and strive to live into our Christian vocation. I have spent the last nine months embraced by this church, by the pastors, by the staff, Pastor Susie has been my spiritual guide and compassionate member, mentor, and I am so grateful. I have been welcomed into places where I had no idea what the Spirit was calling me to do. I led preschool chapel with a guitar. I guided Sunday school. On Sunday evenings, I clapped more than we do in morning worship. I participated in staff meetings. I listened to my peers. I learned from my colleagues. I worshiped. I prayed. When I was asked by my seminary to write about what I had learned, I found an interesting reflection in my journal. God loves people, and people love God. I know it to be true. The story of Nicodemus began with Jesus questioning or challenging Nicodemus, what do you know? What do you hold to be true with some certainty? Jesus affirms with certainty, amen, amen, truly, truly, what he knows. We cannot fit the mystery of the Trinity into what we know. We cannot just make up our minds to believe in God as three in one. And when we really realize that we are really in the dark, the Spirit comes to us. God's reconciling love and relationship surrounds us. As Jesus describes to Nicodemus, there is a manner of newness in a life of faith. There is a birth from above, a reordering of how we understand life. The birth from above is beyond anyone's control. It blows like the wind. The spirit moves with mysterious freedom. It does not fit with the rest of what we know of this world. The conversation at the beginning moves from a question of what do you know, Nicodemus, to an exclamation What do you know? What do you know? We, all the cosmos, all humanity, are beloved. What do you know? What do you know about that? From a question to an exclamation. For God so loved the world and everything in it that God gave God's only son so that anyone trusting in him might not perish, but have life with God, without boundaries, not limited by time. But here and now and always, the unknowable Holy One has been made known to us. The incomprehensible is heard, and we can embrace and trust this mystery. Those who know and trust Jesus will be reborn from above through the Spirit and made whole for eternal life in relationship with the triune God. God loves people, and people love God. Truly, truly, amen and amen.
4: My friends, we have been blessed to hear God's word read and proclaimed to us. Thank you, Kirsten, for that beautiful sermon. I invite us all now to stand in body or spirit, whether you are in person or online, and join in the affirmation of faith that comes from the Scots Confession. We confess and acknowledge one God alone, to whom alone we must cleave whom alone we must serve, whom only we must worship, and whom alone we put our trust, who is eternal, infinite, immeasurable, incomprehensible, omnipotent, invisible, one in substance and yet distinct in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, by whom we confess and believe all things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, to have been created, to be retained in their being, and to be ruled and guided by God's inscrutable providence, for such end as God's eternal wisdom, goodness, and justice have appointed into the manifestation of God's own glory. Amen. Please be seated. You may have gathered that today is Kirsten's last Sunday here with us at GPC, and I invite you to come down, Kirsten. Um, It's been uh, an incredible year, as we all know, uh, but this academic year has been quite something for all of our students, but for this seminary student, um, Kirsten has been in our midst now for nine months and it's just absolutely flown by. Um, we are so grateful for all the ways that Kirsten has blessed us and has been so willing to do all the things that we have encouraged her to do, like leading uh, preschool chapel. Uh, but so many other things, all the meetings and just, uh, the opportunities to work with each member of the staff and to participate in worship and preach and just, Everything, everything that we could think of, even in being involved in uh, two floods, right? Yeah, not three, but two floods. And all the hands on, and she's gotten to see a whole lot of what ministry looks like. And we are so grateful to you. And so we have a gift for you. And I've wrapped it really loosely (laughs) so that you can open it and show them uh, what all that we are giving you Um, We just want to send you forth with our love, our gratitude, and our blessings. Oh,
5: wow.
3: Oh, wow. Whoops. This will come in handy. Yeah. Susie and I have had many conversations about the meaning and importance of a stole, so this is beautiful, beautiful.
4: Thank you. You're welcome. There's more. (laughs) There is. There's more.
3: We thought, we thought you might need a for few.
4: We thought you might need a few for the liturgical
3: year and yeah. the appropriateness of the setting. And this one has this our one's seal got our on it. Yeah. USA. Yeah, lovely. That will come in handy, I'm sure, at school. And finally.
4: Yes, we have four liturgical colors. So we the, had
3: have had many conversations about the appropriate clergy attire. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, see, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then one more. One less. I could use those. Yeah, that. Yeah. All right, this is a tall one. Ah. Commemorative photo of where I've been. Yes. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. You're very welcome. Awesome. Great.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Love you. Love you too. <laughs>
4: Thank you so much. We send you off with our love, our gratitude, and our blessings for wherever God is calling you to serve next, you will serve well, we know. Thank you, Susie. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Yeah. And now we come to that time in our service of worship to Almighty God where we are blessed to pray for others, to pray for our world, to pray for those that we love. And so, during this time of prayer, I will invite you to respond when I say, Lord, in your mercy, you may respond here our prayer. Actually, because it's Trinity Sunday, I'm going to say, Holy Trinity, in your mercy, and you may respond here our prayers. And I will leave a space of silence where you may name those that are near and dear to you and to our community of faith. For it is through our prayers for one another that we are drawn closer to one another and to Almighty God. And so let us now turn to God in prayer. Holy Trinity, the great three in one, the great I am, you are one God as Almighty Creator of Lord of all, as Lord of revelation and salvation through Christ Jesus and as Lord and life-giver through the Holy Spirit. Guide us to seek the love you have poured out into our hearts, that we may live as vessels of faith in action. Holy Trinity, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Trinity, we thank you for your earth, which you've given us to care for. Teach us to be the good stewards you call us to be, for the beauty that is all around us. Here is as we pray for all leaders of this world, this country and our own community, as we remember those who fought and died for the freedoms we enjoy in our own land. We pray too that leaders here and all around your vast world will be blessed with the ethical and moral character that produces hope and action for universal justice, mercy, and peace, so that discord, violence, and war will be no more. Holy Trinity, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Trinity, we thank you for the church called into being by you so that we might know that you have called, equipped, and empowered us, even us, to go forth into the world, proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through our actions, our presence, our voices, and our words everywhere and with everyone. And as we do, may we know of our firm grounding and the foundation of your love as revealed to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ our Lord. Holy Trinity, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Holy Trinity, we pray for all those who are suffering this day in body, mind, and soul. These are your children, and we ask that they might know your love today. Especially, we pray for those whom we love, and we name them before you now. For those that we have named and those that remain in our hearts, we ask your blessings upon them this day. We pray that they might know your love and your healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of heavens and God of earth, our complete source of faith, hope, and love, We come before you now with both boldness and humility, and we pray the very prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us return to God all that we can through the giving of our tithes and our offerings for all that we have and all that we are are truly gifts to us from Almighty God. If you're worshiping with us in person, you'll find the offering tray here by the doors. And if you're worshiping with us online, I invite you to go to the giving tab, and there you can find all kinds of ways to give and contribute to the work of the church called into being by Almighty God. Let us give with great joy and generosity. Thank you.
5: be For oh.
4: Let us turn to God in prayer. O Lord, we rejoice with thankful hearts that you've given us this beautiful world in which to work and play, a world full of your wisdom and majesty. We offer our praise with deepest gratitude for the bounteous lives that you have blessed us with. As we return a portion of your blessings for us to you, We pray that you will use these offerings and tithes as a part of our devotion to increase wisdom in the world, to protect the created order, to bless the vulnerable, to heal the sick, and to comfort the afflicted. We pray in the name of Christ our Lord, and together we say, Amen.
3: as we pray to God through Christ and by the Holy Spirit we encounter the mystery of the Holy Trinity and what do you know by God's mercy we are born from the spirit to participate in realizing God's kingdom go out into the world witnessing to what it means in your life that God so loves the world so that others might see God at work in you And follow Christ. And now may the steadfast love of God, the abundant grace of Christ, and the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always.